Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're catching us, Ball Watchers. Uh, I'm Jake, and I'm joined here by Justin. This is Ball Watching, usually a St. Louis City SC podcast, but the theme of November, December for us is all around the World Cup and specifically around the men's national team. Obviously, yesterday, Black Friday, U.S. played England to a one Wish it was one one, but you zero zero draw. That was my that was your prediction going into it, Justin. So you're yes. pretty close. I was not. Uh, how are we feeling today? That was a that was a long day. I'm extremely tired. Uh, Jake <laughs> and I Jake and I were at shout out in Amsterdam. Uh, they blocked off the street on Morgan Ford. That place was absolutely packed. We were there for the first game. What was it Netherlands Ecuador um, at ten o'clock, and then we were back on my couch. And it was just a very very long day. Oh my God, it was, and it's it's been a it's obvious it's already been a long tournament for some of the teams that you just didn't expect to be struggling or, or or floundering at this point, and not to say that they're uncomfortable, but for us things got a little bit interesting on early morning of Black Friday when Iran took down Wales 2-0. Not a shocking result. It didn't. I didn't catch much of the game, obviously, being 4 a.m. after Thanksgiving. But it didn't look like Wales was really up to the task. Uh, Iran did have to rely on two late goals to get by them. Uh, but I, Wales also lost their goalie to a red card, so that could play into an interesting thing to think about for their matchup against England. But Iran was the better side, <clears throat> far, far away the better side. And for anyone that was overlooking Iran coming into the tournament. I think we tried to urge you not to. Uh, I think everyone still kind of sees them as the weakest group, weakest team in our group. I think Wales is the weakest team in the group. And Iran is going to be a crazy matchup given what uh, transpired yesterday. But crazy to see Wales go down. And now you've got a really tight group. England on four, U.S. on two, Iran on three, and Wales on one. So it's anyone's taking uh, come Tuesday. But otherwise, outside of our group, Brazil and Portugal were tested. I know Brazil was against the resilient Serbian side. Uh, they gave them a lot of trouble, and it kind of came down a little bit late there. And Portugal survived Ghana, I would say. that Ghana, to me, was the better team throughout that game. So what you're seeing, the theme of this year, is that it's just not an easy climb for a lot of these contenders that you expect to be. Even France is playing right now, and I can take a look at the score. They're up 2-1, but and Denmark's no bad team, but it's just not been a walk in the park for a lot of these teams, which is a good sign for us. I think. It's it's the World Cup. I think everybody it's it's completely different than like a regular friendly. And like, I mean, if if we look at some of these games, you're saying some of these matchups, like how does Saudi Arabia take down Argentina? That's yeah. it's solely because it's the World Cup. It's the biggest stage. Everybody's getting amped up and anything can happen. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's gonna be it's exciting for us and extremely nerve-wracking. It is, and just some close to home news before we jump into the game yesterday with England and the, and the U.S. Group A is the one you want to keep a lot of an eye on right now, at least for the immediate future. Because if we do end up qualifying out of our group and going to the round of 16, Group A's participants are where we would go to. And Group A, Qatar, host country, gone. They are See eliminated ya. formally. Um, and what's left is an interesting roundup at the top. Netherlands and Ecuador are both tied at four points and tied on all tiebreakers currently. So it'd be, a, I think, a drawing of lots is what they call it at this point would be the tiebreaker uh, for those two teams. It's not going to happen like that. Uh, Senegal is at three points right below them. And like we said, uh, Qatar is gone. So it comes down to their last match day as well. Netherlands takes on Qatar and Ecuador-Senegal really for that second spot, essentially. So to keep your eye on those matchups, those will be on Monday prior to our game against Iran and Wales against England. Uh, and those will be likely the team we're taking on. I'd say most likely if we qualify – 
probably the second place uh, winner from that group. So at this point, I think it would be Ecuador. Uh, if we're judging the first two games off of their quality, I think Ecuador would be number two, Netherlands number one. Yeah. So those and are just, and so what, what is the drawing of lots? Is it like flipping a coin? I, I, I mean, there's no really way it's going to go to that. But, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a person manual process. Like there's an actual, like, it's kind of like a flipping of a coin. It's literally a ancient practice and they only have it for these types of things where the numbers wouldn't have anything to help us with. So I'd have to look at what the drawing of lots actually means, but it, it, it's tremendously unfair because like it, there, it's just luck. There's no, yeah. <clears throat> there's no who you are, what you've done. It's just luck at that point. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into our initial yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this game, Jake? Before this game, I remember in our primer, I told all our listeners and you that this is, was Greg's capstone. And if I am Greg's teacher or his TA grading him on this, I would, I think I would give him a B plus or an A minus. I think he approached this game like a tactical mastermind made evident by the results we saw. And he went against some people's thoughts on roster changes, mine included. And he actually really ended up going toe to toe with England. I don't think we thought there might be a little bit, maybe a mix, or um, we just sit back and absorb pressure wave after wave of this this fluid and dynamic English attack, that is not what transpired whatsoever. Uh, so I, I give Greg a big kudos. That was an excellent coached game with the approach. We'll talk about in-game management uh, as we get a little bit deeper into this. But that was my initial thought. Stoked for us. I think it was a great result. If you'd have told me we were going to tie England on that, I would have been very, very excited. I think that means a lot to our community uh, of soccer here in the States. I... I think, yes, his approach, I'd probably give him a, a, a B, a flat B. Yeah, pretty good. Like you said, we'll get into the end game stuff. Completely different grade, in my opinion, when it comes to that. But like I said, Jake, did call it. Haji Wright started. And I thought he played pretty well. So, yeah, I had to get, yeah. I had to get that little shout out out there as a very random <laughs> one. I originally didn't even think he should be on the team, much less starting against the biggest game of our history, essentially. But, yeah, but yeah going into the game, I thought Greg did well. Um I mean, yeah. we still we're still undefeated against England in the World Cup, and like if you were to say that going into this group, it's, it's it would sound great. Yeah, we still have a huge game on Tuesday, but I I mean the game itself though, if you want to get in some highlights, Jake. Yeah, yeah. One of my just my quick hots for against some of our players is just seeing the English headlines uh, across the pond this morning and and throughout today. These people are just suffering, and they they were booing their own team yesterday. It's you think our fan base as the U.S. men's national team is a little bit toxic. England is far and away much, much, much worse than we are uh, in terms of the fan base and all the tweets and just people tearing every bit of news apart and and pretty negative overall. Uh, that was fun for me to see today because they were talking us down beforehand. And it's always nice to, to come up uh, on top as the underdog. But for me, a couple of immediate highlights stick out uh, and I'll kind of just speak to my my top two. I guess not my top two, but my, the first two that I thought about is I thought, Matt, I'm, I'm going to start from the back. Let's go from defense up to the forwards and the offense. Turner, Matt Turner was not called on as often as I think we thought he was going to be yesterday. When he was, he was up to the task. And I really think about that one strong hand save he made, uh, I think, towards the end of the first half. And really his distribution with his feet, people knock him for his feet, myself included. I think he's really rounded that skill set out. He His distribution was on point yesterday he scared the living crap out of me when he dribbled out of the box right towards the end of the game like never do that again matt i don't care how confident you are with your feet but i, I was really impressed by him and just the defense in general i mean harry kane who 
I mean, the, there was nothing. They had two, maybe three looks at goal. I think our chances were of higher quality than theirs. And if you had told me that walking into this, I'd have been like, no way. We made Saka. We made Harry Kane. They looked rudimentary. They looked like normal players. They didn't look like $100 million players. Hey, and looking and, and still studying with the back line, Walker Zimmerman, I thought, played incredible. 88% pass accuracy, I saw it. And also he held Harry Kane to not even having a shot on goal, which is massive. And like, yes, they had seven shots total, three on goal. We had 10 shots with one on goal. So yeah, and our and it, I mean, technically the, the pull stick off the crossbar wasn't on goal, but that left foot rocket rocked. I, I was so happy to see that he's kind of coming in and like just, and he can do a little bit too much at sometimes, but that was an incredible chance. And Sorry, I'll give you no, the McKinney point too. Yeah. You go to, you go to McKinney. You were, you were the guy that said McKinney was going to start. He was going to play. So I'll let you revel in that spotlight for a second. You can talk about Weston. I would say he was, I know he didn't get man of the match. I thought Weston McKinney played incredible. I thought his distribution was great. He did well at defense. He got forward. He was even dangerous in the air a little bit. So, yes, I was extremely happy to see him start, and I thought he played very well. Another person, my man of the match for the day uh, was Tyler Adams. I know they gave it to Christian Pulisic. Uh, and to me, Tyler Adams has been our most consistent performer and at a very high level for the last two games in the World Cup so far. You know, I was actually reading an article that, you know, they were, he was leaving the, the the stadium yesterday after the game, and he was walking through security and they actually, the buzzer went off. And so they had him empty out his pockets and they found his keys, his phone, but they also found Jude Bellingham and, and uh, Declan Rice in there as well. So uh, those guys, man, these guys, these guys are hundred million dollar players out there looked simple. They looked like they didn't even belong. They were Casper the friendly ghost out there. Like it, it was crazy to think of looking back on that. Like those guys are some of the highest valuable players in the world. And Tyler Adams, a guy who couldn't buy minutes in the Bundesliga and is now at Leeds making a huge impact at their club, he might have raised his stock the most significantly in this game, period. Like, would you have taken those guys over Tyler Adams beforehand? Yeah, you would have. But now you look at this game, he absolutely bullied them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and he did it safely. We got out of there with what? What did we have? Uh, We had 15 fouls, but no yellows, which is huge for us, knowing that Mm -hmm. we're not missing any of our guys going into that Ram game. And, and Tyler Adams, like you said, I still think he is probably also a man of a match all the time. I mean, Pulisic with the shot and being the big name and Pulisic was very attacking and looked great. Mm-hmm. But Tyler Adams, is just he just so steady and just quiet. And that's what we need him to do in that position. And the last two things I'll mention on that is I thought Yunus Musa played a much better game. You, you saw a lot more from him. And, and when you didn't, I think it was a good thing because I think he was just doing the simple things right. He was making great turns out of pressure, connecting passes. He was a much bigger presence in this game yesterday. I Back to your point on Pulisic, I thought his set-piece delivery was much better yesterday as well. We couldn't make anything out of them, unfortunately. But I still think his deliveries were far and away, far and away better than they were against Wales, which is obviously good. And the last thing I'll mention, I'm sure you agree with me, is the big highlight for me is that we're showing progression game to game. Like we came out against Wales. I think we were the better team. We deserved more in that game. We come out against England. We we take steps up. We're not, we're not staying the same level. We're not retreating. We're taking steps forward in our progression. And it makes me excited to think that this team's really just kind of growing into it a little bit. And I think who knows if we could get into the knockout rounds and get past Iran, which we'll talk briefly about in a second here is, who knows what's possible if we keep showing that progression? I mean, these are young guys. They're learning. This is their first time getting this experience. So I'm actually really excited about that. 
as well. It's I am as well, but I will say let's before we get too high, let's go through some of the lowlights. <laughs> and I, I one that still scares me, Jake, and we've seen a couple people mentioning it to us as well is we have to win on Tuesday and we just can't finish the ball. I don't I don't get it. What is that? So we have one game, one goal now in our last four one games. Goal. In our last four games, you count the two, uh, the two friendlies coming into this yeah. as well. And it's just right. like, and yesterday we had, we've only had two shots on goal in these past two games as well, total. And that's that's scary to me. I don't know, and I don't know who's going to be that guy. I know we haven't seen Jesus Ferreira yet, but like, I mean, it's definitely not going to be Haji Wright. Yeah. Yes, Josh can get something on there. And the other thing, and we'll get into, I guess that kind of leads us into it, is game management. I think one guy that could give us a goal, Gio Reyna. Well, I don't know what Greg, I don't know what's going on there. I, I know yeah. you sent me that tweet. Who was, who was talking about that? That it's like, it's not an injury thing. He's healthy. Yeah, Eric Bonalda was talking about this on, an, on a different podcast. So he's a U.S. men's national team former player. You know, he's now a pundit as well. I, I forget for what network specifically. But we got a listener question around this one as well. Um, I believe that was from uh, Joey about, you know, should Gio, and this is everyone's question right now, should Gio have been subbed on earlier? And I think all of us are on the team, yeah. I mean, he, he gives a whole different look. He brings a lot more creativity. And especially in that game when we kind of decided we were going to go for it, he would have been a great asset to have on the on the field. And he he came on, but seven minutes is like, what are you supposed to do with that? That is such a short time in a soccer game against a team like England. So I think there's more there in terms of controversy. It sounds like Eric uh, is pretty connected with Claudio, Gio's dad. Uh, Claudio is a national legend for our national team. And he's been having to be consoled because he's so upset for his son as to what's going on. And there's two stories that are running along this parallel that just aren't matching up. Gio is I'm healthy. I'm ready to play. And Burhalter is he's picked up an injury. We're nursing the slight issue, but he should be good to go. And I'm hearing, and I'm sure people have seen on Twitter as well, that there might've been a mix up in terms of there might've been some disagreements or some conversation that went south between those two, Gio and Greg, that's resulted in this situation as it is right now. Because I think he was promised and was thinking he'd get a lot more involvement than he's gotten so far. And I think we're all clamoring for it. So I think we're kind of owed an answer. Like this, the fact that this controversy surrounding us is just distracting to me. And I, it's got to be distracting for the players. And I just want to get it resolved. I, I really want them out on the field. I hope whatever happened, they can put behind them because it's kind of getting a little ridiculous now. It's extremely ridiculous. And I, I still say, I know we both thought he would start. I think he still needs to start in this Iran game. I don't, like you said, how are you supposed to get into the flow of a game in the 83rd minute when you're subbed on? And I mean, also another one with that, what the hell is Shaq Moore doing on our soccer field? <laughs> Why? I, I I understand that Des is on yellow, but Shaq Moore is where we're going with that one. I, I'll never get that either. Yeah, so it, those are, those are the end game, like the tactical things from Greg. One thing also not as important soccer wise, what was Greg wearing? What 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 was it? Yeah. States States United. It was like a gray T-shirt. Like, yeah, you don't have to be wearing like a suit. That's fine, but that's that's no swag. I don't get it. <laughs> like, it's the biggest stage and probably the most watched U.S. game in history. And you're gonna put that T-shirt on? I I was wearing something cooler yesterday. I don't understand <laughs> it. I, I was very confused. yeah. No, the stylist has got to step it up for him because that's that's just not a good step forward for the team. It's just not a good look. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, Shaq Moore, we talked about it when the roster came out. I can't believe he was included. And now he's played minutes in the World Cup. You know, he, I think he acquitted himself okay. But I, I would just rather take any of our other subs over him that are at that position. So that was shocking to me. If you think Go about ahead. it, Jake, Shaq Moore has more minutes in the World Cup than Gio Reyna. It's, it's 
Make awesome. that a, make that an article. What what does that yeah. even mean? Send Shaq more home. I mean, he yeah. did nothing. I mean, he did fine. He but he just nothing there. I don't know what he's like yeah. when you're like, oh, we need something out of this game, like a better, a more defensive team or more attacking. That man brings nothing on either side of that. So I don't know. That's my opinion. No, he doesn't. I know. Yeah, you you brought it up. I still think our two biggest lowlights is it's going to bite us in the butt in this no no number nine situation. We have no one that can score goals. No one that's just a proven finisher that's lethal when the ball drops to their foot. That's going to bite us, and we're going to have to show it in the, in this game that we have someone that can do that because we have to score goals to win the game, and we cannot do anything but win this game to go forward. Um, so that's to be a big thing for me. And, yeah, the end game management, we, we kudos Greg for his approach going into this game. The end game management across both this one and Wales has been just nowhere close to what I, I would anticipate if I had those resources and I was the coach there. Like, it's very – sketchy i don't know what he's doing like jordan moore is coming on over some of these people and uh you know he he brings on a very defensive sub and like acosta in the last game when clearly we kind of want the win against wales and in this game these guys were way too late to come onto the pitch like way too late they're not going to make an impact in that time and aronson has got to be revving his engine ready to give it all for the national team and this guy can't buy a minute on on greg's radar right now so it's the end game management is what I'm the most sus of right now for, for Greg. And I really hope he turns that around because we're going to need that. Let's get into that reality check. Yeah. Let's go. What do you, what do you think? So, I mean, yes, I would say a lot of people are like, Oh, we tied, but it's like, you tell me you're going to this game and get it. Do you tell me ahead of the group stage that like before the world cup started, that we tied yeah. England, our odds are looking great. Yes. A win would have been awesome. Cause now we're going into Tuesday and Tuesday is a must win. Absolutely. Like it, it, we literally can't do anything else. If we tie, we're yeah. not getting through. So, I'd say yes, great result for England. Looking ahead, I am still very cautiously optimistic against Iran, but I don't. I don't know that you have a stat in here that U.S. is now still just two seven and six in World Cup play over the last two decades, two wins, and I mean that's against Algeria in 2010 and Ghana in 2014. We can't score, and that is very worrisome to me. Yeah, it is, and yeah, to put it back into context take a step out of the world cup us drawing England at this world cup is a phenomenal achievement in and of itself. So we can celebrate that and be happy about that. But going into the Iran game and just thinking about our world cup history in the last two decades, we're a team and you and I even mentioned about our mem- most memorable moments in the world cup though. So far, like that wasn't this huge lopsided win that we just crapped on some team. That wasn't this really gutsy win that we had back in 2014. These are like celebrated ties and almosts that were really cool. That could have been insane, but they were still really cool. And I think if we were kind of used to being happy with those results and Tuesday, you got another thing coming. If we don't score goals and win this game, there is nothing to celebrate. This will be a huge blown opportunity. I'm not going to be too revisionist here, but this result against England makes the Wales result a lot more frustrating. Because if you think, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that everything happens the same way, but we take three against Wales and we take a draw against England, we're at four points. We're, I think, tied with England at the top of the group. Uh, they'll, they'll have goal differential on us, but we're looking a lot better heading into this Iran game than we are right now. So it, it's just like that's the, our reality is that we celebrate these things because we've been the underdog in almost all these World Cups so far. But at some point, that's got to change and we got to put our mindset on winning. And that's the only way to captivate the broader audience in the U.S. is put a team on the field that wins games, wins trophies against really good teams. That's how it's going to have to be for us eventually here. And, and Tuesday's got to be the start. Couldn't agree more. We're going home if we don't win. So that's it. That's right. really what it comes down to. Let's get into uh, yeah. Let's get into some listener questions. 
we worked through a couple of them already. I think uh, we date uh, around review of Greg's sub so far. I think Justin and I are both pretty let down so far by how he's proven himself in the end game management. Uh, we had a question from Joey around how Geo should he have been should he have been subbed on earlier? Yes, it's a resounding yes from both of us. Something's going on over there, and I really hope it gets resolved soon. And the final one we just kind of touched on too is how concerning was our ability inability to finish or last two games for an upcoming Iran game? It's a must win. It's scary. I'm I'm definitely scared. Like someone's gonna have to step up. These half chances that we're getting, one of those has got to find the back of the net. Like McKenney misses that one on the half volley today, uh, yesterday against England, and we're like, oh, so close. Like no, like that that's got to go in the net. Like that that's got to go on Tuesday, and that's got to go more normally. Like we have to be lethal with everything we're giving against Iran because they're not going to give us much. They're going to pack that box. They don't need to win. A draw is absolutely fine for them. So we're going to have to really, really try to pick the lock of their D because they're going to be setting up with a low block, a lot of men behind the ball, and we're going to get really frustrated. We're going to have to take that one glimmer they give to us and make it, make it worth it. I didn't think about that. That is, they, they will go through with a tie Mm -hmm. assuming that Wales doesn't absolutely just smack it, smack England. Um, but that is kind of, that is extremely concerning. I will say it's, it'll probably be a a somewhat similar game to the Wales game and they're going to, they're going to pack the box even more, like you said. So we're going to have a ton of possession, I think. And and they're just going to try to bounce on the counter if they even need to really, they're just going to park the bus. And I like that. I'm fine with that. Cause I think that's just going to mean we're going to have a ton of shots, a ton of chances. So let's actually finish one, please guys. And and going into the final thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's honestly the perfect opportunity for the team to show them that the weakness that we constantly get battered for that we're not able to score in the big games that we just play defense defense. We got to be able to, to flip that on its head on Tuesday. So my final thoughts is that, you know, people were really happy to draw yesterday and I was too, but when it comes to what we're doing for qualification, our chances are only 38% to advance to the round of 16 if we beat Iran. So it's not like it's the most great and, and rainbows and unicorns picture for us right now. We have our work cut out for us. And then we told you how the table looks right now. Iran is in second, like firmly in second. And Wales is firmly in, in, in fourth. So it's going to be close. So we could even qual- we could even beat Iran. You know, what, let's just say we route them and England suffers against Wales. We could feasibly take first as well in the group. So there is everything to play for, which if you'd have told me that going to match day three, I'd have been pretty excited. You know, we, we have everything to go into our last game, which is technically the one that we've always knew that we had to win. So nothing's changed for us. We have to go beat Iran. I'd say we're we're not going to win the group. I'm just going to be straight up, Jake. There's no chance. I, I England's England's going to get at least they have to. And like, yes, they are firmly in first with four points, but they want to get first in the group as well. So if they and they if they tie, they were leaving the door open for us when it comes to that. Or if Iran beats us, then there then England would be second in the group. So England's yeah. going to be going balls to the wall as well. I and it's just that's going to be a really fun game. It's at the exact same time as our game as well. So. That's kind of what's cool coming up with these games, and we'll we'll do a little bit more of a primer for that game. But they're going to be playing at the exact same time, so we don't know what we're going to need to be doing. It's not like we see the uh, the Wales Iran game from four a.m. before our game yesterday, and we right. know what what we kind of what we need to do. It's going to be at the same time, but extremely excited regardless. So so much more to come. We're gonna we're gonna record an an Iran uh, U.S. primer for you all and release that tomorrow, so you can listen with the rest of your weekend or on your drive to work on Monday as we get back. And then Tuesday's the big day. So we're only a couple more days out from it. And then we can kind of sit back and breathe for a little bit, hopefully if we get our work done and let everything else play out for us. Cause I think Saturday would become the day of that first match that we could play in if we do qualify out. So 
let's just hope the boys get it done. They hit training, they, they put the work in and we can do it. And I think we're optimistic about it, but Justin and I are going to spend some time and dig into some Iran tactics and, and bring you all a good primer on that here um, and release it sometime by tomorrow. But hope you all enjoyed yourselves yesterday. It was an American holiday like none other. I have not heard viewership reports yet. Uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll try to look for those for the uh, Iran primer, but I assume it was probably one of the most watched, if not the most watched game of all time. Uh, so we're both excited. We had, a, we had a good little time yesterday and hopefully it's just the first of many for the next you know week or so here. So very excited here at ball watching. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, shoot us DMs, but your questions, things you want us to cover during this, this has been a blast covering some of your questions. They're all things that we think about as, as well as fans, but appreciate you all for listening and you'll hear from us again tomorrow. Yes, sir.